Hey you guys, here we are, the Quick and Out MMA Podcast. It's going to be episode 27, and I'm so happy uh, to be able to bring, all, bring on, now I can't even talk guys, that's how excited I am, the one and only Daniel Strauss, former two-time Bellator featherweight champion. So good to see you, man. How have you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just, you know, going to life's grind and just doing everyday things. So... I'm I'm really excited for this, and for anybody who doesn't know, um, going all the way back, I want to say it was it was one of two events, and I can't remember which one, but it was either Bellator '72 or Bellator '94 uh, that we first met in Tampa. Uh, you were actually cage side, and I had yeah, a, just, uh, Aguilera fought that night, and I had a business card in my hand, and I actually did the palm trick. Where I slid you a business card. And I thought I was the coolest dude on the planet at that moment. Because I'm like, it actually worked. I was like, for all I knew, you just threw it away afterwards. But um, I never never thought that something as simple as that would, you know, turn into the friendship we've had over the last nine years now. Um, You know, it's been... Yeah. Absolutely, and you know the the amount of the stories I've heard, the trust you've, you know, the kindness of your heart, right? You know, really, because most people don't know you that way. But I won't get too much into it. But you're you're a really great, dude. So um, I'm really happy to have you on here. So I really love to hear. I mean, it's been a year and a half since we've seen you fight. So what have you been up to? Well, uh, the two sides of the story. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as fighting uh since that fight i've just been waiting you know i've been waiting to get surgery done uh i've been waiting to get my uh, you know my neck uh work on and outside of that just city you know i'm held up but uh it's you know i just need to get the surgery done but uh outside of fighting uh not too much i mean just the hustle and bustle of everyday life you know trying to find a job trying to work, trying to you know, pay bills and, you know, go through everyday, you know, struggles. And that's, it's kind of sad to hear that you're trying to find a job right now being a professional fighter. Yeah. And, you know, and I know, I know it's not a, a knock on anybody, but I know when we talked back in 2019, you know, you elected not to do the surgery. You finally found somebody who could, could fix you, you know, and you showed you know, in the the fight, you know, the comeback fight, that you were, you were there. Um, you know, yeah, you were able to still compete again. Right. So that's the thing. Yeah, I can I can still fight. You know, it wasn't uh, about. See, the thing with the injury is, it wasn't that I can't compete. You know, what I mean, I, I can still compete. It's preferably I should have this done because. Throughout the longevity of my you know, career that I've had, and then the motorcycle accident, and that's the thing. A lot of people are under belief that this injury came about because of motorcycle accident, which is very untrue. You know what I mean? Uh, that's one reason why it's been a big deal with with Metal Tour and trying to get you know uh, help with them because you know the insurance is like, oh, well, it's a motorcycle accident. It's like it's not. I've been Dealing with this problem with my neck for years, from you know, um, years, you know, and it's been documented, you know, so it's just one of those things where it's it's frustrating because it, it sucks to be here where it seems like you're being forced in a certain direction that you necessarily have given everything you've given for it to be. You know, they uh, either walk out the way you want to walk out, or or continue to perform as you want to continue to perform. So, uh, yeah, you know, to be here, really, you know, it's it's my yeah. And I mean, you're not you're, you're not a spring chicken when it comes to fights. I mean, just looking at what you've done, you know, thirty four, thirty five fights, depending on who you ask. Um, I mean, you've you've gone through a lot, 
and I can understand why you've been dealing with a neck issue for a while, and it's so frustrating to hear that, like you said, they're just pointing, it's the motorcycle accident. Yeah, that probably brought it more to light, but it definitely wasn't the cause of it. Um, and I know that from years of talking to you, so. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, there's, it's funny, because there's, you know, I don't really, I kind of went dark and I haven't really used my, like, social media so much lately. But, um, um, I don't really use my social media so much, but before the accident, there's a post that was put on my uh, Instagram where you seen where me and Desmond Green were going at it. I wanted to go and Brandy, and he kind of tucked, you know what I mean? And it looks as if I was knocked out. Well, what actually happened was, is when I grabbed you, you know, I grabbed you on my neck. That was prior. That was probably almost a year prior to that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's not something that's been new. You know what I mean? When I fought King Foster and you in Arizona, and uh, one of the, I think the first tournament, uh, you know, we were dealing with uh, negativities and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's been a while. And that's crazy because. For anybody without Google in front of them, that Kenny Foster fight was ten years ago. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, man. Every time I look at your record, it doesn't matter how many times. I know how many times you fought. I know how ridiculous it was, but I did it again. And I looked at your first eleven fights, and your first eleven fights took place in two thousand nine. Your first eleven fights. Yeah. Yeah. I was a workhorse, man. Eleven fights in a year, like, and, and it's such a different sport, man. And that's what like is so weird for me. You know what I mean? Like fighting Emmanuel Sanchez. Uh, we had a moment where I laughed. You know what I mean? I I told him I was so pissed off at him because when we fought, and after you know he, he won fair square or whatever. He got up and shook my hand and said, bro, you're a legend. I've been watching you since high school. Right. And I was like, you know, I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, I'm thinking in my head and shit. But it goes to show, like, it, the sport has evolved so much from when I first got there, you know what I mean? Because when I got there, to get on the scene wasn't, hey, let me just put up these two couple fights in the amateurs and then let me go turn pro, you know what I mean, and get on one of the biggest teams of Bellator or, or UFC or whatever it may be, you know what I mean, mine was let me go and work my ass off so that I'm known, and that's what I did the first, the first year, you know what I mean, I went all up and down, you know, uh, Midwest, Chicago, a whole bunch, you know what I mean, Kentucky Bucks. Uh, New Jersey, you know, we just went and fought whoever was out there to fight, and that's how the game was. And I, I, I stress and I challenge somebody else to find me somebody who had that many fights within a single year, other than you, because, um, I mean, if you really look at the record, your first seven fights, you go four and three, you run into Pat Curran, which is a dirty name in our our house. I know, I know. But then right, you not win. Not really, man. We, we got, we got, we got, we got good bad blood. Well, I'll say that we have good bad blood. Well, yeah, for sure. And I mean, honestly, you win your next twelve fights after you fight him. And you know, your next three losses come to two people. And that didn't come until like further on down the road. So I mean, you know, really looking at it, you really are a very underrated fighter in the division. And I'm not just building you up because we've been friends this whole time, but looking at your record specifically based on merit. You know, go back to the... When you beat Marlon Sandro for the featherweight, you know, the Grand Prix. All right, they were calling it tournaments back then, but it's it's still a Grand Prix. Curran gets hurt, and you're like, so I want to fight. 
I don't care. Just give me a fight. Just let me fight Alvin Robinson. And they were like, are you sure? And you beat him. And then, you you know, November for you has got to be the high point. And I was hurt that fight. And I got hurt that fight. I actually had uh, pulled my groan. I think it was like a week, two weeks before the fight. I pulled out like a week before the fight. And I was nervous all on the simple fact of him being, uh, you know, it was close to my hometown, you know what I mean? And it was like, like yo, give me the fight. Yeah, give me the fight. And then you look at, you know, going statistically, November is your best month as a fighter. Uh, because that's when you beat Curran and you beat Pitbull, both for the title. Um, I will never forget that my neighbors, I'm pretty sure, were about to call the cops on me when you beat Pitbull. Because I was screaming in the house. Um, because I know, you know, we had just hung out. We had just gotten together. Um, and I just saw that look in your eyes where you're like, I'm not letting him beat me. Like, there, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, there's a thing about Pitbull, man. Uh, you know, shout out to him. Uh, hats off to all that he's done. But half a pound when it came down to it. Uh, and even the fights that he's won against me, there is nothing that anyone can tell me that. Like, he's, like, like I have his number. I know how to beat him. I am not scared of that anymore. You know what I mean? And I've walked through him so many times. Only fights that uh, was, you know, the last fight, yeah, he had the submission. Great game plan. He didn't fight me. He kind of stood back, let me do my thing. And he called me how he spoke. Great game plan. First fight, same thing. Dog fight, you know what I mean? Like, came down to it. I gave him fair square. Of course, the second fight, you know, I, I beat him beat him down until he called me. Again, you know what I mean? Third fight, and it was the same thing. The same thing. Got in his face and, and he beat him up, so. Yeah, I've always just felt with him like, you know, I I, I hit harder. I, uh, you know, I, I felt like I, I outworked. I could outwork him. And I've always felt like, uh, you know, he was just another fighter. But that's the thing that's special about him. You know, he's going to find a way. Yeah, and he's going to find a way. And we look now, you know. Um, somebody who he's he's got some history with, or you know, his family at this point. Uh, you know, with Michael Chandler just making his debut last weekend, finally ending up in the UFC. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; it's not something I ever thought I would see. Um, I never thought I'd see Chandler yeah. in the UFC, and I never thought I'd see Dave Rickles uh, leave. You know, I I didn't like I said I didn't get to see the fights, but that. Uh, I'm very proud of Michael um, for what he's done because he said something that people have always looked upon that we've always tried to say here, especially being a Bellator fight. You know what I mean? Like those guys are never good enough. This is not a company that like you know you wear something to here. And we've always screamed, "Yo, we we throw hands over here." Just because y'all had a, you know, concept and uh, branding and all that, and, you know, you, you know, whatever the waters might be, for him to get to that level and then continue to show that, hey, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is everything that we've always done. And not just him. I'm just a fighter that was here or here or here, you know what I mean? And stop making it always this, you know, branding. You know, where it's, oh, you're only the best if you're one of these. Because that's not, that's not true. No. And I believe that, you know, 100%. Because you look at, you know, guys like when Hector Lombard came over to the UFC. Like, Hector was on a tear. I think he was on, like, a 25-fight win streak. Something ridiculous. And he just never really got to that level of the UFC. So, of course, everybody said, well, he was fighting bums, this or that. And he fought some crazy dudes in that time. And then you had Eddie Alvarez come over, you know. And then it's kind of the same thing. And those, and that's the thing, too. Like, these guys aren't trash. 
You know what I mean? Hector Lombard is nowhere near trash. Eddie Alvarez is nowhere near trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, their legacy, uh, again, speaks for themselves. You know what I mean? Look at Eddie's life before he even, you know, even got to Bellazone this time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's good to see how much the sport has evolved. Yeah, and it really has, but I like what you said about the branding. But more specifically, when I really look at Bellator's homegrown guys, um, you know, obviously Eddie kind of comes to mind because he did get built up through there. Chandler, you know, Rickles, and yourself, you're really the, the four horsemen I would look at that were born through Bellator. You know, you got to Bellator, you got to Bellator a little bit later. I would say later in your career, but later in your fights just because you had freaking... 11 fights in the first year. But ever since then, you know, you've stayed relevant. You've stayed at the top. You've held belts. You've done everything you've needed to. And I feel like Bellator did a good job of promoting that versus where lately a lot of, you know, they were pulling in a lot of old UFC guys. Um, Right. Um, You know, uh, I've always... I can say this for them, you know, they've always, they've always shown me love, and they've always did, you know, good business and as far as, you know, with their homegrown fighters building off and whatnot, as far as, as far as, like, you know, what they could do for or whatnot, you know, seeing guys like, uh, you know, Eddie Alvarez grow from there, seeing guys like Sam Pitbull grow from there. You know, I mean, these are guys that have been there for years. You know, mm-hmm. when we were fighting after Team Mom, or Team Mom, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to see the careers evolve. You know, it's good to see the, the people evolve, uh, lots evolve, uh, and the stories. You know, the stories are always good. Yeah, and, you know, I love that you brought up stories because I'm going to talk a little bit. Like I said, you know, I remember, you know, when I met you at the Bellator event and then the first time we were going to set up a meeting uh, because of this. Oh, yeah. And I remember I said, do you want me to meet you at your house? And you were like, hell no. I'm not, I don't know you. And you're like, let's meet in the parking lot. And I was like, okay. And that was the old ATT and it was a Sunday and they were closed. I remember that. And uh, yeah. we went over and we went to Bruce Corner. And like we were talking about, like the the bas- you know, the, the football game was on, the Bengals and the Bills, but I just remember being blown away that at the time I'm like pretty sure you were you know, you were a champion or you were right about to be in a championship fight. And it blew me away that nobody was like, Holy shit, it's Daniel Strauss, like, no way. And I just remember you pacing back and forth, back and forth, getting up and down, and the waitress was getting nervous every time you did it, watching the game. But I was like, nobody was, like, running over, like, getting autographs. And it blew my mind, and it made me sad, because I'm like, do you guys not know who this is? But I was going to say, but that's not how you are. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, I'm that guy. Never, you know, I've never. Uh, here's one thing that uh, I'll say this: when I first, and, and this goes back to the 11 fights that I had this, that year. <laughs> this is this is true. When I first started, I was playing this guy in Rod Howard, and I was fighting. I lost that first my first fight, and. Um, I had started to win, and, you know, everyone's telling me you should go, you, you know, you can make a bunch of money, you can go to UFC, you can do this. And we had got into it because I told him, I was like, yo, like, I don't want to be on TV. I just want to fight and make money. And he said to me, well, you have two options. You can either win and everybody know you, or you can lose and nobody knows. And I, it's always stuck with me. And so 
throughout fighting, I always wanted to be that. And again, it has, we can definitely say it's hurt my stock. You know what I mean? We can say it's probably not benefiting me as far as like making money or whatever. But I've always wanted to do my thing without having to go somewhere and have to hide who I am. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people do want recognition. A lot of people do want, you know, the fame and, and whatever. And all that, all that is, you know what I mean? Having a bunch of friends and, and all that, 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 that's cool. But uh, I just never wanted to be that person that would, you know, be, you know uh, be walking around somewhere and I'm pumped. Look at him. You know what I mean? I, you, know, you know, next thing you know, a hundred people in front of you. you know, that, and don't get me wrong, you love my fans. I've always loved my fans. It feels really good when you go somewhere and someone does notice me and it's like, hey, yo, Trout, know who you are. You know what I mean? Like, it feels good. So I'm acknowledging the hard work I put in. But I don't need it every day, all day. And I. I love that because that's a very strange way to look at fighting. You know, breaking it down to the core of a mixed martial artist, your goal in life is to compete. It's to test yourself. It's not the fame. It's not, I wish it was the fortune, but, you know, let's, we'll say. Right. But but realistically, like, so in, in that sense, and I'm going to ask you a weird question that I can't believe I'm about to ask, but were you relieved when you lost the title? Um, no. I wasn't, only because I never felt like I was, you know, an English celebrity or anything like that. And the pressures of having the title wasn't... My thing with losing my title is how I lost my title. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I fought Pat Curran won my title. They wanted me to fight him again. Fine, let's run it back. You know what I mean? And then I have my first bad weight cut ever. You know what I'm saying? Where I have to cut my dreads off. Was you saying, yeah, they cut the dreads off. Yeah, yeah. An amazing fight until he catches me with 10 seconds left. And, you know, there goes that. So, yeah, that's a sour ending to, you know, having your title. And then the second one is, you know, you have this guy that's up and coming, Pitbull. You know, I like I said, I feel like I can run through this guy. And we had that first title fight. It's close. Like I said, run through him, get caught with 10 seconds, just like I did with that current. Then I have the third fight, run through him, and catch the title. Only for the fortunes of what happened, it's like, you know, I go out there and I perform. But the backstory to that is, if you remember, we had Hurricane Thurman. Yep. And we were shut down for like two or two months or something like that. We were shut down for a long time. And they wanted to still have this fight. You know what I mean? That's the fight that they were marking. And I never really got to train properly for that fight. I didn't get to, you know what I mean? But I still went out there and did what I was supposed to do, and what I've always been, you know, ready to do, go fight. So, it's just how I lost my title. Yeah, I guess it would be who you lost them to. You know, you look, and there's not a lot of people, so first yeah. of all, you had four fights with Pitbull. Four fights. Yeah. I don't know anybody, like, well, nobody else has had a, a four-fight you know, series like that, where it was something you wanted to see. It wasn't like, okay, this is this guy's beat this guy three times. I don't want to see number four. Like, these were competitive fights every single time. So, I mean, looking at it that way, you know, you've got nine losses on the record and Pitbull, Pat Curran, Pitbull, Pitbull, like, Pat Curran, like, six of those are those two people. So, I know that sucks, and yeah. I know I'm, I'm bringing up all this shit. I know, I know. Uh, it does suck, but, like, you know, that's part of the game. That's the, that's the part of the game that I come from. You know what I mean? These are now rivalries, 
and, and that I'm going to talk about for years to come. Because people, people are thinking of, of, you know, Gregor doing this or that, or, you know, the auto fight, or then him doing this. That's, that's the legacy, or that's where it has grown to. Whereas when I had rivals, we had rivals because we dogged it out from, you know, um, AA League to, to World Championship. You know what I mean? Like, we, uh, we've been seeing each other for a long time. I never forget the first time I met. I have a picture in my phone somewhere from the first time I met Pimple, which actually happened to be at that uh, fight in Yuma when I fought um, Kenny Foster. He fought that same night. So it's like that goes to show, like, you know, where again, like, where, where it's going to because it's, you know, my rival was meeting with him. I didn't think it would be what it was, you know. And it's, like you, said, four like you said, it's a legit rivalry. It's not a fabricated one. It's not a, we built this up, we built this up. You know, yeah. we we yeah. threw a dolly at a bus. I don't know who did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, man, I got into a whole conspiracy theory argument about that the other day. And if I bring it up now, we're going to be talking for hours. So, <laughs> um, I'm never glad when somebody loses. I was happy to see Dustin win last weekend. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen. Um, but it, no, no, no. I, well, I, I did see a clip of that. And, uh, and it was good to see him. But what I love is that when you break down that fight, it was... It's a little exaggerated, but it was good versus evil. You know, you've got a guy who runs yeah. charities and does all this stuff for his community versus the guy who just can't seem to catch a break when it comes to women, scandals, punching old guys and, you know, bars. So, yeah, yeah, for me, when I saw Dustin take that first good punch and he went, he shook it off. I went, we're going to have a good fight. But you know, um, I don't know. You said something that just jumped my mind. Uh, you know, we were talking about earlier about what you're doing, like the little podcast mm-hmm. stuff. And I've always kind of wanted to get into the, the, um, the mental because I don't know McGregor. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't know him. However, I wonder what his. His mentally because of some of the antics, or the, the antics that he's done, and how he builds himself up, and and uh, look at the mental health of a guy like, you know, Justin Poirier. He's come from the gutter. He's fought his way up. He's like you said, does charity. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it's kind of something that I've always enjoyed. You know, we have that thing where. Uh, each fighter is different, and everyone only sees us. Well, I can't say everyone, but our, our viewers only see us as who we are being shown as. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We're being shown as this guy or this guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we're marketed, which is how we get paid, which is what it is. But uh, sometimes it, I wonder how far, much deeper it goes than that. You know what I mean? No, and I'm, you have to understand, like, I'm a psych major. Like, I have a bachelor's in psychology. The fight science or the fight mentality fascinates me. Because you do, you have guys who, you know, where CTE is clearly apparent. You know, where there are issues outside the cage, whether you know that it's, substance abuse whether you know if it's you know mental the mental capacity or if it's just somebody who's just a dick um you know why are they the way they are trust me i'm all there for that because you see some of these fighters and you guys can go one of two ways you know you you look at you know they've got the whole thing with spencer fisher that came out recently you know a lot of fighters where they talk about and i'll never forget um MMA Uncensored, it was a show on Spike TV years ago. Um, 
they did a segment on Gary Goodridge. And Gary was like, after you guys leave, probably not going to remember who, you, you know, that you came by. Somebody's going to have to show me this. And yeah, I remember watching and, but he said if the UFC showed up tomorrow and said, here's 30 grand, we want you to fight in a week, I'd do it. And I'm like, I don't know if that was stupidity or if that was just the fighting spirit just never, never giving up, never letting go. Because, again, you see guys like Chuck Liddell who have those hard, hard falls. Yeah. And you're like, how do you tell yeah. one of the greatest light heavyweights ever, stop fighting? Like, who's that person yeah. who's like, hey, man. So, you're done. You know what I mean. But it, it's also like, like I said, it's who we are for fighters. You know what I mean. Um, and some sometimes it's not even the, you know, the hard hits so much as the maybe the lifestyle choices. You know what I mean. Like, okay, let's take. Like uh, Court McGee, or even like you, you were saying, Ian, um, girl, like these are guys that had uh, well-known addictions. You know what I mean? Prior to making it successful, and that's what maybe led them to be successful. You know what I mean? So it's the mental part of fighting has always interested me. You know what I mean? Like, what was it about this that made this guy do? Yeah, and do you do you look at it and say, well, the reason he acted that way is because he gets punched in the head, or do you say he gets, he gets punched in the head because of the things, the way that he acts, like, you know, <laughs> very much so. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, it's, it's it's such a two sided coin because it's like, all right, is he getting punched in the face because he's crazy, or is he crazy because he's getting punched in the face? Like, it's not, <laughs> and he likes it, yeah. Yeah, it's not one, you know, um, as simple as that. It's really not as simple as that, so. No, and it, and it isn't, and they're really, I think right now, you know, there's a lot of studies being done, and there's a lot of things going on in the background that aren't really public, but there's a lot of work out there that's working to help fighters, that's working to help mental longevity, because, you can't be fighting when you're 50. I know you You would probably still do it if you could. You would not care. Because um, oh, yeah. I know you. If somebody was like, you got to fight tomorrow, you'd be like, what weight class? Okay. I'll do it. Okay, okay. Um, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. And so, you know, even like the, the weight cutting, you know, like you said, cutting your dreads, like, that's crazy. <laughs> but you did what had to be yeah. done. It's, it, it, for me, though, like, again, it, everybody's thought process is different. And for me, at, where I was at the time of that fight, I'll never forget, it was like, uh, we're in the back, and, you know, Jordan comes in and tells him, like, yo, if you don't make weight, like, you're not fighting, you know what I mean, and we're stripping you for the belt, you know what I mean? And I'm like, um, <laughs> I was just like, yo, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, this, that's crazy. Like, at least I would still fight or, you know, get stripped, whatever. But, like, it was something that it was, it was something crazy about it. But I remember just, like, telling them, yo, cut part of my hair up. You know what I mean? And they're like, well, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, I can't run. Uh, I've already fainted down the steps. I can't move. You know what I mean? Like, if it comes down to my hair or providing for my family, you know what I mean? Now, granted, we're talking about me fainting and knowing damn well I have to go out tomorrow within 24 hours and fight the best fight of my life. You know what I'm saying? So it was like hair or try to recover to let's do something tomorrow. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just the thought process. It's, it's the, the mental of all put ourselves through or you know, it's where we're at and where we're from. Well, and was that... I don't think we've ever talked about the fainting incident. Was that ever documented? Did anybody know about that? Or was that like... 
I think it was, uh, it could have been captured on him, but I think it was one of those things that was, you know, tucked away and not talked about because it could have been very bad, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, I was running down the, you know, I'm running down the thing, boom, passed out, like, like I, I had tried to cut, I, again, that's the only bad break that I've ever had in my career. Never, ever, ever. Now, don't get me wrong, I've had shitty weight cuts and weight cuts I don't do just like everybody else. Yeah. But I've never had a bad weight cut where I've missed weight on the first try. I've never missed, that's the only fight I've missed weight on the first try. Not bad for 35 fights. So, you know, so, yeah. I know. I feel like I'm bringing up some stinging memories there because I see it on your face. Yeah, like, bro. Like you said. Like I said, I don't. I, I kind of went ghost. I kind of went ghost on that side, which I really want to come and start appearing more and getting bring getting back to myself because again, like like we said, the mental health aspect, like you know. Once losing mentally and my mental health hasn't wasn't the best. You know what I mean? Being on the sidelines, dealing with the injury that it's not just affecting me for fighting, it's gonna affect me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to just live the everyday life. You know, has dealt me. You know, blocks in the road that like people don't understand. People don't really MMA or or sport or athlete or whoever. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's all fun and cool, but this person's still the person that has to do. You know, this. I, I didn't make all the right moves in my career to make me a millionaire. You know what I mean? I didn't make all the right moves to you know, whereas you know others do. So, yeah. Well, and and I really want to see you back inside the cage once you know you get the surgery. I know you talked about not wanting to get it, not wanting to get it. So obviously it's it's a necessity at this point. Like it's something that has to be done. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, so here, there's another thing about that. The surgery that they wanted to do prior to to the surgery that I need done now was a fusion. Okay. Where they wanted to fuse my neck together. And that's the reason why I didn't have the surgery done at the time. Doctors now would like to do a disc um, replacement, basically a disc replacement, which is different, you know. Yeah. So, but they wouldn't have been able to do that if they had not done the other thing. So. Right now, had I did the fusion, I could never do the disc replacement, which is far better, you know, surgery for me to have exactly than. You know, having my neck stuck in one place. So yeah, uh, that's the difference of why I didn't get it versus why I want to get it now. Yeah, and like I said, I just you're always exciting to be out there. Like you said, you're not you're not the most famous person, and that's I don't think it's your fault. I just think you did exactly what you were supposed to do. You went in there, you fought, you left. You went in there, you fought, you left. Like, seeing you doing those promos, yeah. I remember you doing those promos and being like, he hates every damn minute of this. I can tell. Because you're like, I don't give a yeah. shit. I just want to fight. Like, that's it. Well, it was actually, I mean, I've always, you know, it's it's one of those things like, uh, you know, you, you if you imagine it, you'll, you'll do it. You mm-hmm. know, and I used to watch those, uh, not 30 for 30s, but those or the uh, the what was they what were they called? I can't remember what they were called, but it was like the the lead up to the fights or whatnot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was always watching like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight so long to they do a piece like this on me. And eventually, that's what happened. You know what I mean? False arts, and now they're doing these build up shows about me for my fight, and it's like. That's not how I really want to, you know what I mean? I just want to, you know, I'm tired of this. Don't tell me to t- say this cheesy ass line. 
Like, that's not who the fuck I am. I'm not going to say, oh, I want to beat him so bad. No, fuck that shit. Let me go in the uh, cage. You know what I mean? Let me put my hands on him and show you that I want to beat his ass. Like, I don't Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so funny because, again, knowing you for as long as I have, I'll never forget, you know, after we, you know, we had lunch, we went back, we did the interview in the ATT parking lot. Um, you know, it was about, I think it was about a year later, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, the new ATT opened up. I told you I was coming down and you were like, hey, do you need somewhere to stay? And it just yeah. blew my mind because I was like, I met this guy once. But well, that's at that the- point, you know, we talked and, you know, like you, I'm, I'm one of those, I'm very friendly, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of those guys that wants to be in the dark and corner, I want to, you know, be friendly, but at the same time, I'm not going to be staying out there looking like an ass clown, like, yo, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, and I, it's something that, that'll always resonate with me because, you know, I've been doing this for 11 years, you know, talking to fighters, and I, between, you know, yourself and Ian, you know, you two are the longest guy, tenure guys I've been talking to, and you're always available. You're always, you know, trying to make it work and trying to, you know, give me the time of day. And I know talking about that now, it's weird, but you're a friend of the show for a reason. Um and it was so exciting to get you on because we've never done a video interview other than being in person. But people just don't understand yeah. that I will constantly drill this over and over and over. You guys are so much more than just fighters. You know, you're you're good people. Yeah. You you like to watch football. You like to have a good burger. Like normal people. But yeah. Yeah. then you have the antics of guys like McGregor who just have that larger than life. And I try not to say his name. Damn it, I was so close. So close. But you try to have that, you know, that, that larger than life, da 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 you know, in the spotlight, I've got to have every second of every minute in the in the spotlight. And it kind of takes away from those, like I said, the good guys. You know, the guys who are genuinely nice people Whoa. who just like to kick other people's asses. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm kind of one of those guys that love to like I don't know, you know what I mean? Like you said, I want to have my fun and not not be in front of everybody's eyes, you know. So you know, I'm gonna have my beer and relax. You know? I don't want to have my beer and have to sign a thousand, you know, autographs just to have that beer. So, well, I won't yeah. lie. I I was happy about this one when you signed this, yeah. and I usually don't do that or bring it up. But honestly, man, it was. Reading about you in that book just made me want to meet you even more, or made me even talk to you even more because you did give a little bit of a, a way of yourself of who you were behind the scenes, and I know you don't like that. You're quiet. The fact that you're doing this still blows my mind, and it's exciting because I'm like, we never like get to do this, but it's been years of this. So, you know, do we have a tentative surgery date scheduled? Are you like, what's the what's the timeline? No, before? so. So here's here's what's been going on. So, um, again, uh, after uh, it, I don't know how long you want the story to be. I don't know. Go for it, man. Go for it, man. If you want to go back to the uh, to what's going on. So, boom. Prior to that last fight, um, I was uh, where I fought Compost. I think it was Dick, right? Yeah, that was the last one. So it was a terrible fight, right? Now, here's the thing that people don't. Five minutes before going out there to fight, uh, I, I tripped on something. I went down. No way. Yo, yo. I, okay. I can hear you. Okay, I hear yeah, you. All, I, all I heard you say was I, I tripped on something, and I'm like, I what? You. you tripped? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right before going out, no, so right before going out to the fight, 
I'm in the back woman up. I trip on something and I come down on my shoulder on my neck. As soon as that happens, they come in. They're like, "Hey, Strauss, you're up next." Boom. So I'm like, "I'm, I'm over here fucked up." And they were like, "Well, what do you, do you want to do?" Again, same scenario. Like I said, with the whole pitbull thing and the hurricane. I came here to fight. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm gonna do. You know, and that's why I had, had such a terrible outing and people are like, Well, you, you you know, you're running all over the place and what they don't know is I had uh, I went down in the back and I could not feel or throw my you know what I mean, my arm. My shoulder, you know what I mean? So it's like Yeah, yeah these, these fights have, have stories to them. <laughs> and I think you know I mean? like, there's stories that need to be told now. Just fights. Yeah. Like, there's things that, like, go on in the. Uh, I forget what we were talking about when we get here, but, uh. Yeah, these fights are more. There's so much more to the oh, fight. Oh, the timeline. Yeah. And for my neck. The timeline for my neck. Yeah. Yeah. So the timeline. I'm kind of. I'm kind of so, losing you a little bit. There yeah, we go. That. Yeah. So after you know that fight, uh, we were in a position where. Yeah. So we want. We were trying to get. So for the surgery done, mm-hmm. um, they don't want to get the surgery done. So until I can get the surgery done, or I pay pay fifty. Can it's kind of in and out. It's kind of going. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, it's cutting in That's and out, it. so I don't know what's going on. Let's see here. Hold on a second. We're gonna try something real quick. All right, technical difficulties, guys. But all right, so the timeline. So wanting to get the surgery done, needing all the money for all right. it. Uh, Timeline-wise, yeah. Uh, into it. Uh, I just have to, you know, come up with fifty grand to get the surgery, and and you know then I can go from there. But you know, I don't, I don't really have the funds to get, you know, the surgery. So I'm just sitting on the sideline. And is there, like, is there a point where, like, so they're, I'm not trying to bash Bellator here, but they're not paying for it, or is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to bash Bellator either, you know, but that's the sad part of, like, what we were talking about, you know what I mean? Because it's like, this 50 grand to them is nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, 50 and grand to us is they, a lot. They've always been there to help me, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that they've never done anything to help me or anything like that, but like, you know, we do so much in this book to get to a point towards, like, what have you done for us lately? And it's hard to do something for somebody when it's like, you know, this is what I need to be done for me to do something for you. you know? Yeah. Well, and so, yet they look at it as a liability. Anybody would look at it as a liability because you have to have the surgery... You know, how long are you going to be out for recovery? But at this point, we've been out since September of 2019. I say we, like I've been out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like... No, right, right, right. No, but that's the, that's the other part. Of it. You know, I've kept myself healthy. I've kept myself uh, in shape because I know I'm at the end of my career, but I also want to go out of my own terms. You know, I don't want to be pushed out. You know, I don't want to retire because I'm being made to retire. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm full within reality of, you know, your body doesn't, you know, this is a young man's sport. So, uh, you know, me, I'm only going to play at the highest level as I can. And, you know, my body's just not built for that anymore. So it's like, 
Uh, I really want to add three more fights on my contract left, and I feel like I can finish the three fights out with a, a huge thing. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know. Well, you know, so say you get the surgery, you come back. Are we staying at 45? Because you looked amazing at 55 when you came back. Um, yeah, I've always felt like 45 was my home. You know what I mean? I only fought 55 because, uh, actually, what happened was was when I was coming back, we were trying to get a uh, get fight 45, and uh, we had a couple people back out of the fight, and they're like, well, listen, you know, if you want to fight, you know, we can give you a fight at 55. And they had a couple people that was willing to fight, and so we signed the signing line, and let's get to it. So uh, that's all that was. But you know, I started my my career at 55, and that's how I learned uh, dealing with uh, protecting athletes. You know, 45's always been my home. So if I ever, you know, when I fight again, and I do say when I fight again. I was gonna say you changed it. Yeah, that was good. I want to hear when. Even if it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, even if it is when I'm 50, you know, uh, it'll probably be at 45. And I like that because, you know, so many guys go up to, to reinvigorate the career. Um, you've seen a lot more guys going down with the weight cuts being done properly because, you know, they kind of have to go down. You know, when we talk about the days where BJ Penn was fighting at 55, he was probably walking around at 170. You know, one, 100, you know, welterweights... Mm we're probably walking around at 185, whereas now welterweights are cutting from over 200 pounds to make that weight. Right. And, and right. let's talk about the fact that right. Anthony Johnson once fought as a freaking welterweight. You That's I mean? terrifying, man. So, and I know, you know he's, he's coming crazy. to Bellator. I know we, they've, uh, they mentioned that, so. Uh, I did hear that. I, I'm, I'm proud of that. that. That's what's up. You know what I mean? It's good to see another, again, hard-hitting guy that can just throw he, another fighter. You know what I mean? He just loves to throw his hands. And that's what's up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, regular dude that just likes to smash people. And uh, he's, he's also in the fight. Well, yeah, and it's, it's not so much as a, a UFC reject I guess where we look at it, and I'm not saying anything against him, but that's what a lot of people would say. When people got cut from the UFC, they would go to Bellator, and it was a UFC reject. But you're seeing a lot more people now go to Bellator for money, which is very strange. They're going because they're getting a better contract, and it's something you never thought you would hear before. Um, you know, you're seeing well, fighters, so many fighters leave. First, let me say this. Does. Go ahead. No, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. I, it comes down to sponsors. The sponsors are where the, the extra pay comes from. Yeah, you know, when you're under a contract that's like under Iron Fist, and it, again, uh, one of the things that happened in my career, uh, again, going back to like what we were saying, uh, I wasn't willing to leave Bellator to sign with the UFC because, you know what I mean, like, I don't want to get paid less for doing what I do, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, Bellator getting new fighters, it's never been a reject thing, it's just been a, it's a business thing. People, like I said, we're all good fighters. We're all there because we get through our hands, you know what I mean? But um, it's, financially, it's also a job for us. Yeah. It makes the most sense. You know what I mean? Like, does it make sense for me to go over here and, you know, yeah, I might be fighting on the bright lights and, and doing all that, but after all that's done and said, you know what I mean? When I go home, what am I going home with? What do I have to show for? You know, so that's what this business is. And because you brought it up, was there ever a time that the UFC kind of approached you and was like, hey, we want you to come on over? Uh, no, no, it was nothing like that. It, it was nothing like that. Uh, uh, early in my career, actually, I got to Bellator. Um, 
because we were, I can't remember, a guy named Mike came trying to get into like the UFC and then they had the, uh, the tournament thing. And he was like, oh, but we can do this for this fight. And I was like, yo, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm not about to just, I think at the time, so like six grand, you know what I mean? Like fight for probably less than that, like three grand. Oh, you know, we God. want you to fight for three grand. Yeah, and it was like, eh, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was never one of those deals. I was like, yo, why don't you come over here or anything like that. Like, uh, it was a very different deal. But, uh, you know, yeah, having conversations like that with them. And I, I think that's a, sh- a shame on their part, but uh, I think, like you said, you're kind of Bellator through and through. Um. You know, they they made some comments on the pay-per-view about Chandler, about, obviously they're not going to say how much, but they're like, Dana White paid a lot of money to get him over here. I'm like, why do you need to tell us that? Yeah. Why, why, he wanted to prove yeah. himself. That's what yeah. he wanted to do. Yeah. And, and, and hats off to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's a... Uh... Very, very versed guy is very talented and smart, and you know, and when it comes to the business of it, that's where that's where our us as fighters like there's two sides of it. We have to fight because that's what we love doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our job. You know what I mean? Like it's our night and to fight, so it's. Oh, it's complicated sometimes. Well, and it's complicated because, you know, as the fighter and I just years of talking to you guys, there's nobody to be like, hey, save your money. Hey, invest in something. Like, hey, yeah. have a backup plan. They're just like, hey, fight this guy, make more money. And you're like, cool. And you just keep going forward. Yeah, well, you know, this isn't the NFL or the NBA or... You know what I mean? Shit. And it hopefully it gets pushed in that direction, you know, where we do have those guys that are, you know, there for for the fighters that are there looking, you know, for their best interests, finding the best contracts, finding the best people to fight. And, uh, in, in, you know, not just having it as, this guy's a beast, you know what I mean? And then send him off on the way with, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Do whatever, you know. Well, and I think... Because then you end up with... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Because then you end up with... You know, the little lads, you know what I mean? You end up with people who get a shit ton of money that may never have had a shit ton of money that may not know how to... Spend shit on them, um, which you know, I will say this hats off to McGregor on that making his money and making it work for him. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, again, like a lot of us fighters, we get a little bit of fame, we do our thing, we get a little bit of money, but we've never made it been able to work for ourselves. Now, there's fighters out there that, that have, I mean, you know, um, there's a couple of guys out there, but you know whatever business-wise, but mm. for the majority of the fighters that if you can think back from 2000 to 2021, where are we? And that's, where that's scary. Because, like you said, there's there's no handler at the end of the day. There's nobody making sure, you know, this isn't like this is the only thing I'm saying. This isn't like the president where you get secret service for the rest of your life. You don't have somebody constantly, you know, looking out for you. You know, if well, I, I'll tell you like this. I'll give you a best, best example. Best example. Where is Nick Diaz right now? What is he doing with his life? And why isn't he set up for the rest of his life? Because of all the great things that he's done for this sport for us to even watch and enjoy. I can tell you why. Because his name's not Conor McGregor. Yeah. And 
you know, look at all these up. Even going back, I like I like that you picked Nick Diaz because I think that was an unusual person. But go back and watch his fight with Robbie Lawler, the, like back at like UFC forty four or something, when he knocks Robbie out even, and hits him while he's going down. Yeah, and I'm like that change yeah. of Igor Vorchenkin, you know, in Pride. When he hits the dude, he knocks him out, and he goes, pop, 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 as he's going down. Like, to knock out Robbie Lawler back then was huge. Because Nick wasn't known for knocking people out. He wasn't known as a striker. Right. Right. Um, well, and, and you have to think the, the marijuana ban, and now that they've changed what's an acceptable dose or what's an acceptable test result, you know, I think that's what kept Nate yeah. away. I think, you know, when he fought Silva, that's the funniest part. Silva's the one who tested positive, not him. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, crazy, man. you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that, like, of all the drugs, we're going to save drugs for the, the sake of this argument. <laughs> I really don't care if a guy's doing pot. I really don't. Like, in that moment, as a fighter... You know, steroids, huge difference. Huge difference. You're giving yourself an enhancement. And I was like, but if you smoke pot like three weeks ago and you test positive now, like, what effect is that going to have on your fight? Right. What advantage did you just get? Right. You know, if you see... I mean, I think it was across the board. Yeah. Well, if you see Nick, like, lighting up right before the fight, like, as he's walking into the cage, maybe. (laughs) Which... I think yeah. if anyone was ever going to do it, it'd be Nick Diaz. Hmm? I said, which I would love to see. That oh, yeah. Would be, you know, the best yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Nate lit up in the crowd once, and the camera was on him, and they stayed on him, and you know somebody got fired that day. Because they were like, oh, yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. We can't show this. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. And somebody was like, no, nah, I'm getting yeah. this. I'm getting this footage. So Well, I've never got to talk to him, so maybe one day, but I heard he's he's an elusive one, just like yourself. So Very, very more than me. Yeah. More than me. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And I'll I'll give I'll But give, it, but that's that go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'll give Dwayne Finley a shout out there because I know he got some time with Nick and like it ain't easy. So. No, yeah. Dealing with, dealing with some of us as fighters, like I said, it goes back to, like, our chemical life, our brain, you know, like, who, who we are in general as people, you know what I mean, before the fight and after the fight, you know what I mean, because it's like, there's, there's a reason why he is the way he is. Yeah. It may not be because he fought on TV in front of millions and maybe he doesn't want us to know why he is the way he is. But I feel like maybe not knowing his life, maybe knowing you know, how different our brains are working, you know what I mean? Like, and why could be helpful, you know what I mean? To the sport in general. Well, like I said, you know, Ian, Ian and I have been talking, like I said, as long as you and I have been talking. And I know. You know, he's been very vocal about trying to change, you know, with the introduction of psilocybin and how it can have an effect on your brain and how it can help fighters and um, reform the neural pathways in your brain. And I know some neuroscientist is going to jump on here and go, you said that wrong. But they did a documentary. It was on Real Sports, like Brian Gumble. And, you know, they talked to Dean Lister and Ian, and there was a hockey player, which I can't remember his name for the life of me, but, you know, you talk to these guys, and they're going, you know, the hockey player was saying, yeah, I, um, I used to sit at home and wonder if I could hang from my rafters. You know, who was going to find me if I did that? And your brain just changes. And like you said, our, we're focused so much on the fact that 
your brain changes because of fighting, but your brain was already different before. Um, you know, I think Ian said something along the lines of, you have to be crazy to get in there and fight somebody and think it's a good thing to do. And it's just toes the line of where crazy is. What do we consider crazy? Yeah, that's a that's muddy waters right there, bro. <laughs> so, I will leave you on that note, dude. It was so good to see you. Um, really had it, you know. It was a fun time talking. I know we had some technical issues, and that just comes with you know doing these things remote. So, you know, the next time you're around, we'll definitely get together. Um, I, I want to say you drink Jack and Coke. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> But on behalf of myself, Combat Press, um, we've got uh, Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> so Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu, Burtzo's Bake Shop, La Barba Cubana. It's my beard stuff. So I'll definitely have to uh, hook you up with them because the beard oils are the greatest. Uh, keeps it, you know, from itching and everything else. And then, of course, I'm representing uh, my good buddy, Dusty Grant, who uh, had me on his show a few weeks back or a few months back. I don't even know how long it's been. Um, an amazing musician, so if you guys check him out. But really, Strauss, thank you. Um, you know, it's been a long time. Like I said, the first video interview we've done like this, oh, like distance. You. And uh, I really appreciate everything you've done. So, Matt Quiggins, Combat Press, we'll Quiggin out. We'll, yeah, we'll definitely do more, man. I miss you, brother. Peace. All right.